I received a uh, a bill from the hospital, the OLVG, as we would say it in angles, uh, for some stuff my daughter had done there, which is fine. And on the bill, you know, you have all sorts of stuff presented. Now, I've had to file some health insurance claims because, you know, I've got weird expat health insurance and then I've switched yeah. over to this insurance. And and now this this hospital, they they keep billing, sending a bill for items that have occurred over a six month period where I switched health insurance and they just get all confused because they try oh, to like, yeah. you know, get insured to one place and they're like, we didn't cover them. And then the, it's just madness. So, you know, too bad for them. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. About midway through in the header, uh, there's, you know, you've got the start date of the service, the end date. This is, of course, all in, in Dutch. And, you know, diagnosis, information. And then all of a sudden you come to a field. I'm, I don't think know if this is Dutch, but it says, I was going to try to pronounce it in Dutch, but I don't know if you could. It says hash code. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this field, uh, I didn't count the characters, but I think it's just like a 64 or 128 character hash code. Like wow. if you ask, and it looks like if you ask one password to generate you the strongest password possible. And it's, the thing is, <laughs> it's printed on here, right? And I, yeah. I can get it, you know, if, if you're in, if you're in your, uh, is it EMR, your electric or electrical, <laughs> electrical, I'm going to start electrical email. Your electrical, electrical medical mail. records. Yeah. I can see that maybe for debugging and troubleshooting, you know, you would put it there to cut and paste, but this is a printed bill. And Oof. I just like, unless there's going to be, now there is a new version of iOS. Uh, I'm very excited about the iPad OS 15 shipping on, I think, September 25th or is it 20th? 20th. I September forget. 20th. Oh, so many. We might need to dedicate a whole episode when that comes out. We're, we're an Apple podcast now, baby. We're going it's, through it. Uh-huh. I, you know, I want to. I want to talk about this at some point because I think it might have some positive, dramatic effects in my defaults lifestyle quest. There's Ooh. a lot going on there. But so maybe if you're using that, where every photo you can extract text from, they call don't they call that magic photos live? Yeah, live text. So live sure, text. maybe it uh-huh. works for that. But I'm just thinking, like, um, like. I wanted to ask you to, and maybe anyone who's listening, why would you print a hash code <laughs> on anything? It oh. just seems like now, now we know that there's no reason, but it's also sort of like my diagnosis is that uh, they should definitely call us up at VMware Tanzu because their programmers have like lost sight of uh, customer experience. <laughs> if somehow they have let slip through a hash code, printed so, on their bill. Well, wait a minute. What, what do you think, what is it hashing? Like, Who knows? What date is it like? We just don't it know. It could be the hash of the entire bill. I, right? I, it's I, like, so it's not a, it's not a quid. It could be sure it's not well, a, Okay, a, maybe. Not, because it could, let me just make the positive okay, case. Okay. Like, they're like, well, we do generate these incredibly long global unique identifiers, which almost all software behind the scenes of course. does. And sometimes, in, you know, as we all know, sometimes like you're just like, if I just had the quid, Right. If I, oh, if like I'm always. in support or like, especially a support engineer, like, gosh, if I just had to quit. And so they could just do it like as a fail safe. That's, like, That's true. Nobody cares. Nobody knows what this is. Let's just print it out in case the, the thing gets lost or someone comes in. At least we got the GUID sitting there so we can go but, figure but out what's going that's on. That's such a failure. Cause, cause that, that's saying that they can't look up this bill based off of like, you know, last name, account number, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, uh, invoice number. They're like, oh, yeah, 
the hash is one way we can never find out you know what went into that thing you're gonna have to read off that 64 character thing over the phone <laughs> yeah that, that, that is you know it's 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 it shows you how long uh, it's been since i was programming i was i was confusing hash code with GUID, but you're right a hash code is just like i guess you just it, take the the bill and just generate the hash code which exactly yeah, you could take all of that you could take the name address all that information and hash it and if you yeah, wanted yeah, to like down yeah. to some number but I, I mean, I, I'm with you, Matt. I mean, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to defend it. To, I guess my last defense would be like, you're right. You should do all of that. But we've all seen software systems where, where they're like, well, sadly, we can't do that. But if we had the GUID, <laughs> right, you know, and like sometimes the GUID is inside oh, um, and, and, view source. Yeah, and there's some product manager, you know, the old view source. There's some yeah. product manager who, who got the tickets and they're like, well, customers can't find their tickets. What's the solution? Give them the GUID. OK, that sounds fine. You know, and they didn't like they, they they made that snap decision where they're like, wait, wait, wait. Nobody thought through what give them the GUID means. Oh, it means give them 128 characters of gibberish that they're going to have to read over the phone to some, you know, out of country call center where they're going to have to, you know, be like, wait, did you say pound or hash? And I'm like, well, it's the same thing. No, no, no. I've got a British keyboard. It's LB. Like, wait, oh, what? No. Ah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this raises another theory. I guess I could v- validate this, but I, you know, whenever I call people around here, uh, it always is someone who, um, you know, I they sound. I mean, obviously, they start speaking Dutch, right? And then they'll shift to English, and they have that they have that accent. They have the Dutch accented English, and it made me start thinking, like, you know. I wonder if there are like so few Dutch speakers in the world that effectively you can't like outsource an offshore Dutch customer service because like you just can't find people yeah. outside of the Netherlands and, and like and like Suriname and the the Dutch Antilles or whatever they are. Aruba, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Right. Aruba, and, and so you know maybe maybe you're about huge populations. But there's just, there's just, so you're just sort of like, ah, I guess, I guess all the call centers for the Netherlands are in the Netherlands, right? Like, and, and they're all just in there and there's no, uh, man, so there's, the, the, there's going to be like centers. some, you know, AI spring that just wipes out all the like, you know, secondary language call centers. And they're like, you know what, you know, Amazon, Amazon's, uh, what, what do they call their poly, you know, some, some, you know, voice to text thing that can handle Dutch is going to just wipe out all those things because it'll be, it'll only be 95% good, but it'll also be like, you know, 10% of the price. You know, this, this, maybe the day of reckoning will come when, uh, then when Dutch ships in the native, uh, you know, iOS translate stuff. Have you noticed? I'm sure, I'm sure you two have been tracking this in your Apple (laughs) following the translations are coming out, but they do not have Dutch in it. They've got, they've got all sorts of other languages. So, yeah, is so that I'm Flemish? No... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just wondering, are they, like, are, they, are they purposely boxing them in where they're like, you know, we got Flemish, we got French, we got English, uh-huh, uh-huh. we got Danish, but, you know, screw the Dutch. They might have like whatever it is Laplanders speak. Is that? Because <laughs> they've really got a lot of call sure. centers. Yeah. I mean, you, they would have to staff their own call centers, I guess. Uh yeah, so um, uh, you know, if if you find me during this recording like non-responsive, it's because I'm trying to type in this hash code. Well, hi there, it's me. This episode is brought to you by Strong DM. One of your SREs quit. You suspended their VPN access. Was that good enough? 
Are you sure your infrastructure access is locked down? StrongDM is the only way to be confident in your access controls across any environment. Instantly revoke access to any database, Kubernetes cluster, or server with just a click. Automatically log every query, SSH, and kubectl command to demonstrate exactly who did what, when, and where across your entire stack. Trusted by companies like Hearst, Peloton, and SoFi, StrongDM is the only way to manage access and audit controls at scale without disrupting workflows. Start your 14-day trial at strongdm.com slash SDT. There's no credit card required. That's strongdm.com slash SDT. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. Enjoy the rest of the show. Well, you know, in our previous segment, which is what I'm going to start calling parts of the show's uh, segments, uh, I mentioned I'm excited about the iPad OS 15 release coming out when Brandon? 20th. That's right. Oh, so so it's today's the 16th. Just a few more days. Just got to sleep four more times. <laughs> I think I think I you, you know, don't have to sleep, Kote. You know what? I'll, and if you I'll, stay up long enough, it'll just kind of blur into it, and it'll be the 20th before you. It, know it. It's like Christmas. I think, I think the thing is, if I could stay up three days straight, I won't know if it's that day or not, and it'll be exactly. A but I think maybe I'll be able to catch it a little earlier being over here in the land of uh, hash codes on bills and uh, I'll, I'll benefit from it. But here's what I now There's a lot of features in there. I'm not going to be able to go over all of them. There's a lot of features and notes I'm looking for. You know, I, I think long term listeners know I'm always struggling. Should I just start using Apple Notes? Right. Because right now I use Good Notes and I use Bear and I also use Drafts. And wow. I feel like I feel like I just need the one place where I can write with the pencil and then I can also type in text. Now, the major thing, the, the, there's two things, but the major thing that has kept me from using notes is that on, on the iOS things, you can't p- make your text into a link. And it just seems so annoying. And then also like, just, I don't know, it's, it, there's little things here and there, but that's the major problem I have. And I what about the graph paper? That used to be okay, like your okay. own custom now, background. Now that was like your number one. That's, I the, that's the that's the other major slash minor thing is like I just I just you're never getting that. I'm I just know, telling I you know, now you're I never know. getting that feature. I just I just want that in there. I, you know there are hacks around it, but whatever. And also I just can't I just can't get used to the idea of the infinite scrolling page. I want a page that like ends like good notes is. But whatever, whatever this the, this this absurdity is the point. Of, of what I want to add. Well, I want some consulting from you too. What I want is like, I want to try to make a decision, but I cannot be the one who establishes the criteria for it because, you know, my, my, I'm biased. So I need, I need like three points of criteria that when I try out the new notes for a little while, that if I pass this criteria, I should have a longer term commitment to, to using it. Or if the criteria don't pass, then I, I don't, you know, I can still elect to use it, but I, uh, it, it means that I don't have to, right. But I need, I need something. I, so I, I think with the, the vast number of note-taking apps that they have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you should, you know, give it, give it a day uh, or two, whatever. And then at the end of it is think to yourself, is there anything that I've seen somewhere else that I like better? Mm. And then you're done. And if the answer is yes, move on. You're done with that because there's like 50 more choices you have to try out. So you need like to try this. each and every one of them. Yeah, I like this. This is this is like go. a clean slate. I'm just like, yes. but just to build on Matt's thing. So, I mean, this would be like delete the other notes apps uh-huh. from your phone. Uh-huh. Only put 
the, the, the default notes app on there, right? Then commit to, to some period of time. I think it probably be, needs to be three weeks. Oh, wow. Three right? weeks. Huh. That, that's exactly. a lot of commitment so the because then, of, then you've got like data gravity setting in here on your notes. I agree. But I'm like drawing on, I don't know. I mean, this is probably just some kind of fake fact that doesn't, it's not really true, but like, I like three weeks to make a habit or something like that. Like, it's just sort of like, you have to like, that's what you're trying to do. You're like trying to uh, create a new cognitive default role. Right. And then if you've made it three weeks and you, you know, it's kind of faded to the background, it's just no longer something that, you know, annoys you when you see it, or you're like, I wish I could do this other thing. You're good. But if at the end of the three weeks, you're like, I really miss my graph paper. I got to have that graph paper. Then you know that you know it's not right for you, and you should Gotta switch back it. to your favorite one. Okay, That's okay. So we've got two criteria. They're a little, little complicated. Well, one, of, one, of, I like the first one, which is, which is start <laughs> Cut your losses and move on. What uh, the Matt Ray's criteria is take a, as we used to call it in the Rick Perry days, a zero budget approach, which is like zero out all your expectations and use it and see if there are anything that you feel is missing. Now, the the trick trick here is to, and I've experienced this, you know, there's something called like the Zettel method or something. And I'm always thinking like, oh, I should start using that method. And then I'll go like look into use of, using Obsidian. And it's just gold plating. It's like, I, I don't really need that complicated of a note-taking system. And so like, I just got distracted. And I remember myself, I remember that. So maybe there are some features I think I need. Maybe it's even my own custom background of vintage graph paper that I actually don't need and I'll be just fine without, but I've got to do the clean slate. And then Brandon, Brandon's recommendation is basically just to do it for three weeks and see if it sticks, but, which but I think, I think is a good thing to try. That's the yeah. problem. You know, you know, like there's a world of, of note taking apps out there. And if but you I commit just, three weeks, you're going to just settle for like the second or third one because I, you're like, well, I give up. Well, but the primary mode, there are two. Okay, so on maybe the third criteria is, are there, are there some unique features or some features that make it compelling to use the Apple Notes thing, right? Now, I think I just, I didn't discover, but I actually use this one. There's a quick note feature, which is pretty compelling that if you just like, you can just from your lock screen, create a note, especially if you have a pencil, you just touch the pencil to it and boom, it pops into a note. And that, you know, obviously... I don't know if that uh, Supreme Court ruling about Epic is covering access to the Quick Note API, but that's that's clearly one of those things that like you're only going to get from like the the defaults lifestyle, right? Like it's just like it's not going to integrate with. Other oh, things. well, you got that. So, you, you, what about the syncing? What about syncing? Oh, yeah. Across so all syncing's devices? fine. That, that works great. That, that's that's but, I mean, strength, is that right? like a pro? Oh, is oh, that something that you've yeah, yeah? No, that works on all my other devices. That's that's like that's uh, I'm I'm not being dismissive. That is a good. A good feature no, that's table well, well, that, that, for that, all That's important, though. Yeah, you need to establish, like, what you refuse to do without. And to me, now, that if, if you're yeah. part of the default lifestyle, they have to hit the defaults. Now, okay, right. so the second thing, right? The second thing, now there's some other features in there. Like, there's this idea of it looks like you can attach a note to some other object. So if I went to a web page in Safari and I wrote some note associated with it, then when I go back to visit that web page, I'll see the note. I don't know what I'm going to, what I would do with that, but that's interesting Mm. now, but this is, is potentially the killer feature of notes is including one password, including like web logging, Flickr, Google photos, everything that you would use to collaborate with a family member. All of those things, Google notes is the only thing that I have consistently gotten my wife to use 
Google Notes? Sorry, Apple Notes. Okay. Apple Notes. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're like, uh-huh. you know, we'll have a to-do list, things that we need to do. And yep. like, and then of course, one of us will just sort of like use, um, you know, noise waves traveling through air as the to-do list, which is fine. Right. Like I, I like to I'll write those things down, but like I will put it in Apple Notes and then we both end up using it. And it's right. wonderful. And then you share yeah. it, right? You yeah, just you share, share, share the notes. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. And that, that, that is like, I feel like, I feel like I have this beachhead on like, uh, you know, enterprise collaboration in my family life. And I, if, if I just, I could just keep pushing and pushing on that beachhead and then finally. Well, you know who's going to undermine you is Google, right? Because my uh, kids, like they've got Google classrooms for everything. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. they're, well, two of them, are, you know, are, are, are Google. And then one of them is in Microsoft, right? Where all their schoolwork is in like Ooh, OneNote. Interesting. And, and oh, they're using OneNote. Office 365. But like my, my. My public school kids are in are in the uh, the Google world, right? So they're all about Google Docs and spreadsheets and pages, and you know sharing those and collaborating. And then you know my my uh, my daughter is is over in uh, Microsoft land, and she's got stuff. And you know that that puts up a barrier to like in, you know. And then when when they're like, well, what do you want for your birthday? Or what do you want for Christmas? You know, boom, here's a, a Google sheet. <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah. like. Google's one of the future, I guess. You know, but Microsoft's got a, a good toehold in there too. Gen Z's Google. Yeah, but, but I think I don't know. You got time. Is they're undermining Apple in the schools. I think you still got time, Kote. Like, listen, your your kids are are not quite. You got you know, They're not quite Kote. at the Apple level. Doesn't have, you know, Apple's not in the schools. Right. You can't let can't let Google and Microsoft in, or you're just going to mess up your default lifestyle. All right, one more feature for you, Kote, in the notes. Have you done the scan? The scan no, feature? No, no, I haven't done that. that. That looks promising. That's another good one. Like basically, you know, it's kind of like your own little scanner. Just in the note, click uh, like take okay, picture. Okay, okay, that's it. good. It's another nice, that, that's nice cool. one. So, because that you should, I, I should try that. Because I do have the scanner app by Readle. I use all the time, right? Because you know, yeah, but you can get rid of that now. Now you can just. That's go, what I'm saying. Use your, this, and it, yeah, it's another. This default. is the whole default lifestyle thing. Is like not only am I reducing, not only I'm eliminating two note taking apps, I'm eliminating a whole other app. I get a bonus app elimination. Yep. Yep. Now, okay. Rationalization. We call that rationalization. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, We're rationalizing your... your now, whole y'all so y'all like, will know when I've really gone defaults lifestyle when I start using the mail app. That's that's going to be when, <laughs> when the crazy stuff happens. But Oof. yeah. You know, I saw I saw in a screenshot on one of these, you know, I don't know. I'm a tech person talking about tech stuff, like a screenshot. Someone had the icon for the Hey mail app. And I was thinking, I think I've mentioned this before, but I feel like... One day, if I can, it's two stages. One day, if I can start using hay as my mail, I will have come to some sort of like uh, personal life productivity nirvana where I can just like be mindful and cut things out. But then beyond that, I mean, that's just sort of like earthly kind of, uh, you know, whatever. But like the true like beyond bodhisattva sort of thing is I just use an iCloud email address. Just... (laughs) If if I if I can make just, my wow, life work with that, that's that. Oh, I'm yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, that's too far. <laughs> now, but you mentioned hey email. So do should we say did the hey did they ultimately win with the new ruling? Now they don't have to do the mm. uh, the mandatory. Uh, they can do the sign up. You can sign up. Have the sign up link. It must be that just goes off. So I, I mean, I guess they didn't really participate in the lawsuit. I guess Epic Games. Yeah, I mean, all, all the stuff I've been reading well. about the the you know rundown is that nobody's happy. <laughs> nobody won <laughs> but isn't that like a sign of a good compromise you're like no i feel like this was good for 
uh the end users i felt like yeah well at least now we get links to sign up for stuff right like which i think probably everyone listening to this podcast probably figured out they could just go to the web and do it but i think for a lot of people it's like yeah it would be nice to like how do i sign up for netflix we'll just click this button yeah and go to yeah. the web and do it i think that was a a small victory for oh know, yeah the users no, no. the people it, none of that ever made sense it was all stupid there's all these coveting about user experience and stuff like no just stupid like Try again. And just like, and the ultimate, the ultimate stupidity of it is just like, uh, in Kindle, there's no acknowledgement that you can just buy a book, right? Which is sort of like, if you went to a bookstore and they were like, oh, um, what do you mean price? There's no, you don't. And you, and so you would say like, can I just leave with this book? And they'd say, no. So what would I do if I, I couldn't tell you what you would have to do. If you wanted this, you can read the first no, 10 pages. I don't even, I don't even know the concept that you're going over what, what that <laughs> might be. And it's just like, that's always been the fucking stupidest thing. But did it, did this ever, I was thinking about this is that maybe it's just, I like Apple. So I, I'm a fan. So I don't know. I guess do I just give them some good wells. Like, yeah, it's been annoying, but it's never like, I never got mad about it. Right. But I was thinking like, I had to do something with my, uh, I use direct TV. We'll, we'll live. And I'll just say, like, I hate DirecTV. Like, I'm a hostage to DirecTV, right? Everything they do makes me angry, but I still pay the money. And it's just like, maybe it's just that easy. It's like, if you get enough goodwill, then, and maybe I was just like, in the, on the line, I had a, like, I have a lot of Apple goodwill. So I'm just like, it's fine. We can work around it. Whereas other people that I'm paying money to, I'm just intolerant. They do anything that they do just it's, you yeah, know, it makes yeah. me angry. Like, anything the DirecTV does, I'm just mad. You're, you're not ready to, uh, for no reason. you're not ready for the DirecTV default lifestyle. I, it's, I, well, I can't even when I've tried, you know, cause that's the whole other branch. It's like you, even, even when you're trying to do the default thing, they just like, won't like, Hey, send me a new receiver. I, I'll just pay for it. I can't do you that. Know, you're like, what? Like, you know, but I just hate them. But I was like, but I still send them money. So I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm sure like, I'm, I'm sure like the legal mumbo jumbo, like makes it narrow enough to only apply to this, but like, it does set an interesting, if only like conversationally, like rent seeking, anti rent seeking precedent. And by rent seeking, what I mean is like, you know, you you own a limited portal into or supply of something and like you don't really produce anything or do anything valuable and yet you charge a high premium for it. I think that's what people mean in the pejorative sense of rent seeking. And so like, you know, people who innovate are always like, oh, we spent all this money to establish this environment. And so we get to charge a piece of it. It's like typical, like, you know, hundred year old copyright stuff that you put all this money into this thing. So therefore you should benefit from it. But it seems like, if we're saying that charging, I don't know who we is, 30% of a price is not acceptable in a marketplace like this. I mean, there's a lot of marketplaces that charge 30% or more to be a middleman and transact in there. And that would be that would be amazing if there was some sort of legal work that suddenly went into, at least in the States, I don't know what happens down under there with the fellows and whatnot. But like, you know, like maybe you start to get to some precedent of like, if, if Apple can't charge 30% for its marketplace, then what other marketplaces out there, digital or analog also can't charge 30% or can't, can't suggest that you should go somewhere else to buy it. So like, if I go to HEB and on the pack of the Frito thing, on, on my Fritos, it says, you know, scan this QR code and you can buy this chip at a 10% discount shipped in two hours to your house. <laughs> like, I'm sure HEB would be like, uh, right? No, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> and, and so like, you know, uh, I think, I think we got we to pay close attention to this because there might be some other savings. And 
But now, to be clear, though, I guess that that's fine. They didn't. the The judge really only ruled in favor of Epic on that one thing. What they call it? It's like the reader apps can now like redirect right, people right, to right, go right. sign up. But but the whole in, the in payment stuff. And I guess this is another thing. It's like my exposure to Epic Games is mostly through Fortnite, mostly through my son. And every time I'm in there, I'm like, I don't really like this. Like there's just stuff everywhere. <laughs> you're like so that's another thing. It's like and NFTs. Yeah, and like Epic like, Games. Is like wanna... we want to. Yeah, because they, they're like, we want to have our own app store inside there. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't like it. I just like, it's already kind of confusing as it is too, now. We're buying a lot of virtual goods. Virtual and, so, so yeah. again, like, I, if I had more sympathy, whereas I do, like when I finally got to be able to buy audiobooks mm. and, and Audible, yes. I could use the credits. It was like, it was like a miracle. Exactly. I was like, oh, this is so great. Yeah. So maybe if it was that, if it was like Amazon, I'd be like, oh yeah, Audible. But like, do I care about the virtual gear that my children can buy in, oh my God. in Fortnite? No. In fact, I want less of that. So that's why it's like, they're not like a, a sympathetic foe. You know, me. you know what? Maybe there's, I should investigate this, but you know, I'm always having to buy like the fucking Roblox and some bullshit. Which I remember, right? Another one, yeah, and, exactly, and I, right. You don't want a Roblox store, like no, make it harder it, to buy stuff. In maybe, there, maybe you know? this exists, but I haven't found it. But I wish in all the screen control kid thing, I could just give my kids an account, right? Allowance, and just say like, you get ten dollars a month in your 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 dumbass Roblox account, <sighs> and you can choose to spend it or yes. not. Because what I realized, and I realize this is like a whatever, is like, it's not so much that like. I'm annoyed at my son spending money on like hats or hatchets or whatever it is he spends this money on. It's that like he has to interrupt me to like send a request and I've got to approve the request and I got to make sure that and sometimes it doesn't work. Like for many years doing this in Minecraft for some reason just didn't work and you'd have to go turn this off and do that. And like, like if I could just say like you have an allowance of $10 a month and I don't have to think about it again for 15 years, then like I think I would be super cool with it. But I think that's what the I think that's what Epics and Roblox. That's kind of what they're saying. It's like you're like because they can't implement their own in payment system, yeah, right? Yeah. They're like, well, we got to use this Apple thing, or we got to pay, or or it's going to be more money to you because so, you know, so you have to, we have to add this. I, I think ask. I think maybe this will light a fire under the designers at Apple, like instead uh-huh. of like working on Apple Fitness or whatever it is they're doing over there, like they right. they could say like, what if we Instead of the 30%, we took like the Visa MasterCard thing. We're like, we are only mm-hmm. going to charge like 1% to 3% transactions. But instead, we are going to establish the one currency that drives all parents crazy, right? Like you're going <laughs> to have like Apple Bucks that you can spend if, if the designers, you know, oh, that you can spend in anything, yes. Right. Yes. In any game, I give you money and you yeah, just yeah, spend yeah. it. In and any and game. so and yeah. so like it actually Oh, now the, we're the, talking. The tr- I mean, I don't want to I don't want to talk say Bitcoin, but like if we can work that in here, we can solve this problem. And, and, and so, now we've got a use case. I'm getting somehow back. Apple makes yes. the transaction fees cheaper than the ones that the you know the companies and yes. other people use so that they just use they stop having their V Bucks and their Robux. And their Minecraft coins, and they just all oh, use the Apple I'm, Bucks. I am one hundred percent in favor of this. Get it done, Cote. Write a white paper. Issue some. Now, do they do they use do they use a, a, a in their six page memos at Apple? Do you have to do it in calligraphy? How does how does it mm, work out? I don't know. It could take a while. It probably would take a lot of design. You know, they're using Helvetica. You know, I like it though. I like it. <laughs>
Well, the other news from Apple that we should talk about is quickly, did everyone update their devices? This was actually yes. quite a nasty little uh, uh, zero-day exploit. So I guess I read it was like a, I don't think it was a bad, uh, a corrupted PDF or something. Yeah. Just by like sending a corrupted PDF, I was like, woof. I, yeah. So so I immediately thought of Matt Ray. One, I thought of like, wow, this is, this is sort of like the stuff Matt always talks about. And then two, I was like, wow, I wonder how many more of these exist that we don't know about. That's what now, I was now, I, I thought I thought we'd solve this a while ago that you just run everything in a container. And, and like it's it's isolated in a sandbox. Like I I, I remember you're running. That's the default slide. I want iMessage in a container on my iPhone. The, 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 there you go. Now I we're feel talking. like when I was working on strategy at Dell, we did a little security project, and uh, there was just this notion that you just you just run stuff in a sandbox, and then everything's cool. I mean, what happened to that? You you can't just run stuff in a sandbox. I don't know. I just stuff, Apple, stuff, get on it, you you, you, know? you got to be able to copy and paste stuff across your sandboxes. And, oh uh, man! And you yeah, got to be the rich, the rich copy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure somebody's done it. As soon as we get Kubernetes on the on iOS, we know it's oh, gone Lord. too far. We know that was, <laughs> that would be the last. Uh, thing. Yeah, maybe. Right, what I, I, I JJ can do that. That should be JJ and Paul. And the, 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 no SSH JJ and Tasty meets Paul. Their next challenge for their. Their Twitch stream is to like that, that does sound like something IBM would do. They made a big they, pitch to get everything on, on iOS. Yeah. Well, of course they'll have to have Cobol. Yeah, in it, they, right? they need Cobol container. They need to go. like use Helm and Ansible to deploy <laughs> like uh, some CNCF uh, Kubernetes thing onto uh, <laughs> on, onto uh, somewhere. Like that's uh, yeah. That, you know, I uh, Apple is uh, strangely not not showing up at KubeCon to pitch uh, iOS as, as the next generation platform. So, huh. well, well, someone here, uh, one of our listeners, recommended like really what you need is to open every single uh, message in its own container. Oh, that makes sense, right? To just yeah. make sure, right? That that would be a perfect usability uh, thing. Yes, we're spinning up a container for every individual. Maybe message, okay. Maybe so. I want to take that a step further. <laughs> maybe every single pixel should be its own device oh, there we go just keep going and, and, there and we it's, go. it's uh you just uh, yeah we'll see yeah. all right well i think we should round out the apple news because we're on the cutting edge with all of this we should uh, i think you know we brought in our expert reviewer yep you know mr apple himself matt ray <laughs> matt ray give us your definitive <laughs> apple macbook m1 because you've had it probably for like four or five months yes right uh, and that's what we do on this cover. We cover the latest news six months later. Okay. Okay. So now that you've had it, like where are you at? Is it is it good? Oh yeah, should yeah. We get uh, one or should we wait? Uh, there are still growing pains with the M1 MacBook Air. Um, they no. they yeah. Surprisingly, there are still issues. Go ahead. Uh, so, somewhere I made three a, issues? a list of like someone was asking you know in, in a, like a developer channel, hey, should I get an M1 Mac? And I was like, here are the five things I've run into. Huh. Well, you know, and you know the, the things were mostly like software that didn't support you know the uh, M1 ARM yet. So, for example, uh, Terraform. I was using it, and I had to compile my own Terraform because the, you know uh, HashiCorp wasn't shipping it, or I was burning SD cards for you know some embedded devices, and the software didn't support okay it that one okay one is legit yeah. two does not matter okay. keep going uh, monitor okay. control that that <laughs> app that you use cote for controlling your monitor volume oh is this the one where you can yeah. switch, switch they shipped things? they shipped m1 support last week oh i forgot to install that okay. on my new machine 
All right, modern control. So that one's not an issue anymore. Yeah, okay, well, that's so the thing. I think things are legit. slowly getting knocked down. Um, All right, All right give me your last two. Doc, I think Docker. So. What was uh, I was building containers. No, that was bad. And and right. I was like, how come this shit won't run on Kubernetes? But we're not using Docker. Everyone's getting off it now. No, right? no, no, no. Going to the yeah, new thing. Default uh, switching. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Docker, that's a big one. Good, good. So um, I thought they released it though. The, the, I thought they. Well, thought the they thing is, like, it it default. Now that we're all paying for it, you think we get M1 support, right? <laughs> I mean, come it's on. There. I mean, let's go. It's there, but it's not the default, right? So you know, I was just building containers mm. and they weren't working, and it's because it was building ARM64 containers. Right. Airform, Docker, those are legit issues. Yeah, but, okay. but, all right. but anything else? They have. How about PowerPoint? You just PowerPoint have to know okay? the workarounds. That's the thing. Is is it's right. it's a lot of knowing what the workarounds are instead of wasting, you know, two or three hours. Let's get to the important stuff. PowerPoint, Excel, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, any, that's any issues rocks. with that? It's blazing right, fast. Mean, you know. Everything right. is fast. It's never hot. No fans. Um, I'm still having external monitor issues, like the M1 right. video. And you can only have one monitor, right? Yeah, you, you can't get, the you get one monitor setup. with the, the MacBook that's, Air. Whoa, see, I, just, I got another monitor. Really? Now, now I got to wait. You have two monitors? I got to wait. That's... I got two monitors now, right here. One, two. Yep. Oh my so, gosh. I'm in. I've I've got if um, you include my laptop, I've got three monitors going. Wow. Okay. You well, wanna, you it only look, does. Look, let, let me. Sh- I don't think I have anything confidential here. No. No. Don't show it. So, We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I. There are some issues with the M1 right, give video me your, uh, where it has trouble. How many with... out of five stars? Huh? Uh, how many stars out of five? Four. Michelin Four star already. Four stars? Four. Yeah, somewhere in there. Okay, that's pretty high. Actually, I think that's pretty yeah, high. No, no, it's, so it's, I, I... it's amazing hardware, but the things that I'm finding are like, you know, the edge cases that that's where I hang out, right? It's like I can't drive my 4K monitor uh, at 60 hertz. I can only do it at 30 hertz. Mm. Um, you know, and and my, you know, my, my uh, Windows PC runs at, you know, 4K, no problem. Um, so the, the video card is a little flaky. Uh, at high resolutions, um, and only really, yeah. It 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 seems like really good video would be part of the point. That's why people are mad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Apple's answer is like, you know, oh, can you check your cord? And I went through like four different video. Can cables. you check your cord? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like they were blaming cords, and you know what? The, the, the shitty thing is, I got slightly better results when I did change cords. But then it was like, it was still kind of flaky at high resolution. So I'm only running at like, you know, 3096 instead of 4K. Uh, yeah, which is also fine because, you know, I can't read that small anyway. Well, here's, you know, I hadn't thought about it until you put in these words, Matt Ray. But here's my thoughts on Apple and cords. I, I showed you that I have multiple monitors and I've tried multiple times. And, and as they say, I don't want emails because I've read the stuff. I tried multiple times to like, daisy chain usb c whatever appropriate type and it just like never works meanwhile dell has had like display port forever that yeah. just like you know works and like for fuck's sake just hire the dell person who figured that out and like make it work on apples like it should not it should not be a problem and so like i think when it comes to cords apple's a little fucked in the head they need yeah, whoever, well, that's whoever a- the whoever the vp of cords is you know, maybe they should go on some summer retreat in California, just figure it out and just kind of come back refreshed and be like, I figured it out, man. Like cords should be cheap and easy. That's what we're going to do. We introduced the Apple Bucks. We introduced we a whole new world right there. And now it's going to be cords. Cords yeah. are next. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went from like, you know, my my standard HDMI cable to a new uh USB-C to HDMI cable to a USB-C to DisplayPort cable to a $50, you know, Belkin USB-C to HDMI cable. Mm-hmm. And I would get slightly better results as I went higher and higher up the, you know, price point for cables. Uh but eventually it was like, you know, it still flickers at 4K at 60 hertz. And it was and just annoying. Your cord? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So is that and, I, I we need to get Brandon, can you arrange getting that Apple's VP of cords on? I think we need to uh ask some questions. This episode is brought to you by CBT Nuggets. Are you looking to build your IT skills? Do you want to learn more about IT security, cloud computing, or networking? Then it's time to visit CBT Nuggets. They offer over 350 courses and over 2,000 virtual labs. They have courses available on everything, including AWS, Linux, VMware, and even Salesforce. Best of all, it's available online so you can learn what you want, when you want. CBT Nuggets adds over 40 hours of new training each week, so there's always something new to learn. They also offer accountability coaching, allowing you to speak with a real person who can help you create a personalized learning plan, set goals, and check in to make sure you stay on track. To get started, visit cbtnuggets.com slash stt. That's cbtnuggets.com slash stt. There you can sign up for the seven-day free trial, which gets you full access to all their courses. Start learning today at cbtnuggets.com slash stt. And of course, we thank them for sponsoring our show. Well, I, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to dig into the details because I'm not a scientist, but there's a new study out, a collaboration between Microsoft and some scientist people. Uh, and uh, it looks like now I didn't quite understand the Ars Technica uh, summary, or I shouldn't say I didn't understand it. It was just the highlight. So I, I read a little bit of the abstract uh, for for this, and it looks like it looks like the fine. It's a study of remote work, and I don't know. I'm not going to go over the methodology because let's just assume it's cool. There's like you know multiple tens of thousands of data points based on something great. So it's, you know, it's not just like what my, my, what my grad students in second semester told me, you know, uh, in 10 minute sessions I had with them and gave them five bucks, which are my favorite type of studies Uh, Mm. and, or mice in cages, that kind of thing. But it looks like the, the finding of remote, the effect of remote work on productivity, I would call it a draw, but let me, let me go over what they did is that it's almost, if I were to summarize it, that the findings were that communication is is affected and kind of like the warmth of uh, collaboration is effective and the most the most uh describable effect at least in far that i read is that uh, people are more siloed in their group so there's less cross business and cross group and cross bu collaboration uh, than you would get normally which which i guess you know intuitively that makes sense because you run into less people it's also easier to avoid dumbass meetings that have multiple people in it, right? All sorts of things. You can really, as I think a lot about nowadays, you can really only focus on uh, doing your work instead of getting pulled into other work. Like I was talking with a uh, with someone that I know. Otherwise, it'd be odd for me to talk with them. But I was talking with someone that I know, and they were talking about some uh, meetings that they get involved in, which is just like these big, gigantic company initiatives and it, you know, uh, it reminded me. I've, I've managed my career for the past several years, many years, to avoid this. But I'm sure maybe you two are still suffering from this, and I do every now and then. But it's, 
it's this person was stuck in that series of meetings that are about the meetings where you're planning out the program oh, and you yeah. know who's going to do what <laughs> and and it's just like you know it, it's it's not even that this meeting could have been an email it's that we all knew what we were going to decide six months ago and we should have just like you know written that on in a one-page word document and started working on it so i mean I, I have i have to well maybe maybe it's not the case but like I wonder if there's less of that that goes on. I don't know. Now, the other thing that happened in these findings, I think, was that, and this is the part that was very qualitative, but it did get me thinking, is that this is the thing that I really wanted to talk about that got me thinking, is that it seems like the people who are interested in work-life balance, a, a, a material, a large amount of them said that the working remotely was better for that, like that they favored it for it which I can see it's kind of like uh, that, that would sort of make sense. And yet, you know, I think, I think from a managerial standpoint, and I would believe this, that sort of like worker productivity and aggregate goes down if you have remote working just for whatever reasons. Right. But then I was thinking about, there's some company we were talking about earlier that's now that has, and of course this is all just on paper, but it has a $40 billion valuation. And as far as I can tell, it's like a really good version of Adobe Spark, which is a fine app. It's a good mm -hmm. app. Or mm -hmm. like, you know, it allows you to like do branding and stuff. But like, I feel like in, in, in like, if we have a, uh, with phrases like worker productivity and uh, worrying about that, like if we're in this kind of uh, this headwinds, tailwinds, the winds world of, of business and companies can be valued at $40 billion, Right. And then also executives are paid millions and millions of dollars. Like maybe we shouldn't be so productive because it feels like this productivity, <laughs> like we're not getting like that money is accruing to other people. Oh, now, I don't want to be like a oh, Marxist wow. or, or whatever, <laughs> but like the, the, I was not expecting the, uh, the, you know, the workers unite and take the power angle. No, um, no, but no, no, no. Let, let me, this is, this is maybe Lebowski Marxism is like, is like I neither want to unite nor take the power. I just want to relax, right? So like <laughs> these like these like these like urges that we should, you know, Ooh. that working remotely is lowering worker productivity and might be affecting shareholder <laughs> value. It's just like I don't know. Like that sounds like a lot of work that I don't get anything for. Right? So wow. like why why would I be concerned? Right? Like seems like things are pretty cool, man. Like Maybe maybe these executives that are getting paid tons of money or these companies that are valued higher, they should up their productivity and like, you know, to kind of like match the uh, the compensation that they get. Because my sense is that given the overall increase in GDP and uh, I'm sure Brandon tracks this closely, the rising S&MP like value. I mean, I think I, I yeah, S&MP. There you go. S&P value. I think I think maybe I think maybe us workers are being pretty fucking productive. And uh it might be time for us to lose some productivity and it'll be fine. Like or or or, right, or maybe share of more of the fruits uh, of our labor. Well, right. no, no no, but this is my this is it, my point is like that looks like those look like expensive fruits. Like I'm cool with the fruits I got. <laughs> like, I don't want more fruits in my labor. I just want less labor. I mean, I, I mean, I, I got so much, so much fruit literally in the kitchen that I got to throw it out often, right? Uh, so yeah, like piles of wood and piles of fruit. Come on, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow, good callback, Matt Ray. And so I say, inside of your your whole description there, I mean, 
I think maybe the question you're just asking, and I think this is the question I have when I see these services, it just seems like, how do you measure productivity? And like, you know, that just seems like the hardest part of all of this is like, what is, what does it mean to be, and to your point about like, well, I mean, that's, you know, the government or, you know, economists just like, they just look at GDP, which is sort of just like this, you know, formula you can look up and it's pretty, pretty simple to calculate. And so I don't know, is that's a good measurement of productivity or not? And then when you get inside these studies, I, I, that's to me always the biggest question. It's like, what does it mean? Like I went, I went to a lot of meetings. Am I productive or unproductive? Like I did a lot of email. Am I productive, unproductive? Like I just thought around, I just read some stuff and I was thinking about it or I did some tutorials to like teach myself the latest, greatest, you know, in this case, Azure service. Was that productive or unproductive? You know, it's right. like, I don't know. Like it, just, it, see, it feels very much in the eye of the beholder of like the activities. Because I think many times, <laughs> I'm going to speak, in an attempt to speak for all of voice, I think many times you are doing a task that must be done to get paid, but you do not feel that is important, yeah. right? I mean, I think that happens to probably everyone at some point. So like, what does that mean? Is that productive? Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's what we got going on there. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, fe- I feel like decrease in worker productivity, pr- probably not a big deal. I mean, if... if uh, if if uh, all those people like at the Met Gala are worried about like you know all the wealth going to the top one percent, then like I don't know. That, I guess it damages their net worth. But like, mm-hmm. but could you ask this relax. question? Is this is this whole survey or this whole study? Could you reframe it this way and just say, is the question maybe being asked is more? Is it easier to manage a large workforce remotely? or on prem uh, or have them work? You know, in an good, office. Like I feel like maybe that's the like. I feel like that's the real question. And I think that's a valid question, right? I think that would be, I have to manage, you know, my organization's 50,000 people. I have to create a management structure such that like it, that the people can be managed and stuff like that. Like if someone said to me, it is easier to manage a group of people if they're on site, I would be like, I get that. And maybe that's the fundamental tension, right? It's like managing it is easier, but the people working in it don't like it as much. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I feel like that, like, that's like a healthy conversation. I don't know this other conversation. It's like, it just feels very like fluffy to me. Like, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, to your point, if we were to be less snarky about it, uh, or if I were like, I think, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think if there is a deficiency found in remote working versus let's call it on premise or on premises, we could have that debate or working, <laughs> then it's probably, I think a large part of it is just down to like tools and practices, right? Like, like, uh, you know, I mean, if, if, if you can't, there's so many, so much email out there and, and so many other tools, all these tools exist and you should probably be able to figure out being like profitable in a business without having to be face to face. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's some things where like, like it is, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I still am not really sold on the idea that the only way to achieve success with creative endeavors is to be, uh, you know, in person. Like I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of progress is always made when you're not actually in person, not always, but it's possible. And so like we get too fixated on having to be in person for things. And, and also, you know, there's lots, I was talking with someone earlier today and there's, there's also lots of waste in uh, being in person, right? Like I, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a guy, I mean, he's a guy, a guy who's a dad of, uh, at the school. And he was saying, you know, he went back into the office recently and he'd forgotten like all the stuff 
all the other stuff that you have to do. Like when you're, when you're uh, working from home, you just click that big leave the meeting button and you're done. Whereas when you're like at work, like the meeting's over and you're like, oh, everyone's still here. <laughs> I hung up on you people. <laughs> like everyone's still there and then you got to like walk out of the room and you talk with people and you do this and like, and there's just. It's like the chit chat. Yeah. yeah, the whole. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't contributing enough to the, the uh, you know, the, the, the GDP, but like, I feel like I've fucked around just as much, if not more at work when I was in person than at home. And uh, if you were to ask my family, do I like, do I uh, like, am I goofing off at home? They would be like, no, that asshole needs to come spend time with us. I mean, they wouldn't say asshole, <laughs> but like, you know, it just seems. When they get older. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just think that there's uh, the, the proper tools aren't in place and that it's probably like a net net neutral thing. If you have uh, at least good tools and practices in place from uh, working remotely versus working at home. Now that said, I am eager for we have some brand new offices here in Amsterdam, and uh, I have been thinking it would be an interesting experiment to go there and see like uh, if if I'm more productive because I can control my my urge to like goof off and go do things in the sense of like you know. I feel like I'm sitting here and, and my shirt is pretty tight. And I think it's because I go and eat every now and then, like, and I eat too much. <laughs> so if I was in an office and we didn't have good snacks, then like, I think I would maybe be healthier. So there's like all these other things that I need to uh, sort out and maybe I could get power cords, things and pins. <laughs> better USB cables, better monitor cables. Yeah. 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 That, well, okay. that, that's going to be the Apple's VP of cord strategies. Like, check it out. Check it get out. Everyone back in the office. My dudes and hit up their enterprise sales. Once people get in the office, they're going to have to update their cords. So I'm going <laughs> to blow your mind. What if, what if following our Apple Buck strategy, instead of them being expensive, we were the world's highest quality, oh. cheapest purveyor of cords, and we no. destroyed the cord market by being the only ones available? It'll be like the Walmart mom and pop model. Cords and we as a will, service. We Hear will dominate out. the cord market. And uh, I think I think that uh, that's what they need to go for. So yeah. after now, uh, since you're the CEO, Brandon, after our successful PE firm, uh, mm-hmm. I think we need to start a tra- uh, tragedy, a strategy task force for uh, kind of kind of taking over Apple. So we'll roll our PE firm, uh, our profits into a, an Apple acquisition. Okay, yeah, we just, yeah got I, it. I feel, I feel, too big. Right, right too inefficient. I feel like there's some unrealized uh, a bit. That they could uh, be gaining unrealized with, gains uh, there. With cords. Okay, we'll get on it. Well, I think we've covered all of the interesting news since last episode. <laughs> Is, do we have any bureaucracy to cover, Brandon? We do. Uh, I want to thank Mike. He wrote in, and he is in China, so he uh, asked uh, for me to send some stickers. So I, I don't, it's, as far as I can remember, first time I've ever sent stickers uh, to China. Nice. So hope Mike, I hope you get it. It's great to hear from you. Also sent some stickers to, uh, I believe it's pronounced Anders in Sweden or on, I don't know. That could be pronounced a lot of different ways. So uh, happy to send both of them stickers. And if you want a sticker, all you have to do is send your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com and I will be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. And now I really mean it. If those stickers get to China, then I think we did it. I think we've got almost everywhere um, that, that I can think of. Also want to thank Dan. Uh, he sent a link in of a flame throwing robot 
And, and as everyone, uh, avid listeners will know, I have a, a flamethrower to kill weeds, but now there's a <laughs> robot that can do the job. So what could possibly uh, go wrong? Give, give uh, robots flamethrowers. Yeah, it's I mean, just, it's, there's a video it. you can this watch. This is it. only for lawn I mean, care. Just, yeah. It'll only ever be used for lawn care. Right, oh. right. There's, I mean, you can think of all. It's hard to think of any potential downsides, but it exists now. So there you go. Have, uh, have that. Also wanted to, uh, Matt, not not Matt Ray, another Matt. Matt wants you to work at GitHub, and they're hiring both senior and non-senior roles. So what you can do is you can go into the Slack, you can go in the Jobs channel, uh, you can check out the links there. You can check them out in the show notes, and you probably, if you Slack Matt, he'll probably tell you like about the job, tell you if it's good. If, if you Slack me, means. I'll tell you about think, some jobs oh, too. <laughs> They are <laughs> GitHub is remote. I think they're fully remote. I don't know. Maybe not. I think, yeah, I think they are. So, so if that's important to you, I'm pretty sure you can do it. But, but if I said it is wrong, that's a reason for you to go talk to Matt. And I guess Matt Ray, you have jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, you hiring, we, we're, we're hiring as uh, you know, maybe you saw on, uh, on the Twitters, uh, we had a engineering offsite in Kyrgyzstan. So, you know, come, come work remote with us and uh, we'll meet. Uh, I think the next one might be in Istanbul. So we'll see what, how that goes. What are you, what are you talking about, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so we have, we have that a fair make number. any sense. Is this English we, you're speaking? Exactly. It's great. Uh, no, we have, uh, we have a fair number of engineers in Europe. Uh, I mean, our, our engineering is actually headquartered in Europe. And um, they were like, we should do an offsite. And they can't go to the U.S. right now because of like travel restrictions. And one of our engineers is in Kyrgyzstan, and he had sent some photos of of visiting a uh, like a lakeside resort. And they're like, "Let's go!" And I wish I could have gone. It looked like a blast. You know, they're hanging out. I, I don't mean this to be insensitive, because but I was reading about that game where you you uh, you try to steal a dead goat from each other, and I think Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> That's Mongolia. No, no, no. There, there's like there. There's like those countries, there's like four or five countries clustered together over there that all play this sport. And it's like, you should read the Wikipedia entry on it. It's extensive. Yeah. And I don't uh, think but, they did that at the offsite. I think it was mostly, you know, laptops by, by the beach. Yeah, they just, they just like. All right, so Matt, yours is your cat. Matt, you should add to the show notes. I think you did put some pictures up on Twitter or something. So you, you should put it up so everyone knows. Because I actually didn't know where. Is it Kyrgyzstan? Yeah, Kyrgyzstan. Thing, right? I didn't know where that country was. So, so, but you should put a picture because it, it sort of brings it to life. It's like, oh, this looks like a nice place. Yeah, I would want to go. It's great. Like, uh, if you just hear the name, you're like, I'm not sure I want to go. There. I'm not sure where that country is. So, <laughs> I totally would have gone if like, I oh, could leave my like, house. Thanks, Australia. Yeah, that's true, man. All right. And then the final piece, I just uh, wanted to quickly uh, thank uh, our congratulate and thank uh, Strong DM. They've been a long time sponsor and uh, they raised uh, a ton of money. Uh, in their latest series so everyone should go support them but more importantly congratulations uh you know they they've been with us for a while and it's it's impressive to see them grow so that's it cote no i have i have uh not really a question more of a comment type of comment here and that is uh, so going back to sweden i'm i'm almost i'm almost done with the martin beck series of of police procedurals which you know for people who have listened to me talk is very odd that i i'm interested in these but i'm reading one called cop killer I don't know what it was titled in Sweden, uh, but like I've realized that, that I think about this a lot and I wonder like if this is some reflection of like of like Swedish literary thinking. But like you're reading this book about a mystery and it goes on for like, let's say, five eighths of the book about this one mystery. And all of a sudden it switches to this other crime that seems totally unrelated that the book gets its title from. And then they just, at the end of it, they just wrap up this other crime they were originally doing. And it's just like, what the fuck happened in this book? 
Like this book was titled this one part that happens in like two eighths of the book. And then the whole rest of the book was about this other thing that has nothing to do with it. And um, I don't know, I need some guidance on what's going on with that narrative uh, in, in like uh, book eight of the Martin Beck crime series. And I don't know if it's like, you know, some sort of Swedish mentality or something, but it has me very confused. So if anyone has uh, some commentary on that, I would appreciate it. Now, if you're interested in commentary, you should join us in our Slack channel where we discuss all sorts of things, not like anything I just mentioned. Uh, but, you know, we go over things we're going to talk about uh, during the episode. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash Slack, or you just click on the Slack link, you can join it. We have a newsletter we send out and uh, I don't know, we're everywhere. We stream our videos and Twitch and Twitter and all these places and things like that. And, uh, you know, we got all sorts of stuff. Now, uh, we actually have a conference coming up I want to mention called DevOps Loop that I've helped put together. So I think it's great. Uh, but more seriously, I've curated, cur curated? I've curated a lot of talks and kind of directed some speakers to talk about things that I'm very interested in hearing them do. It's on October 4th. It's totally free to register and online. It's uh, If you go to devopsloop.io, you can register and you should sign up for it and uh, check it out. Now with that, Brandon, what do you have to recommend this week? All right, so this week I'm going to um, I'm think I'm going to try to channel some hallway track uh, podcast talk here. So I got a, a grill for Father's Day, and so since then I've been trying to like perfect my ability to uh, grill a steak. So a friend of mine turned me on to this procedure, and uh, before I say anything, if Tasty meets Paul says this is not the right way to do it, I just want to be clear: you should follow his advice. But this is what I've been doing. I've uh, it's called reverse searing a steak. So you basically take the steak put it in the oven at about like 200 degrees, let it sit for you know about an hour, get it up to like 120 degrees. Of course, all of this is Fahrenheit. I don't know any of the Celsius. You can do the math here on yourself. And then you take it and then you take it out to your grill, get your grill really, really hot. And then you essentially mm -hmm. sear it for like one minute each side and then like 30 seconds on, on kind of the smaller sides, if you will. And I think it's fantastic. I think it is a great way to make a steak. And it's, it's pretty easy. There's not a lot other than seasoning it, sticking it in the oven, and then the grill work is probably five minutes total. And I, I would say I, I felt like it's a steakhouse quality um, steak. And, I, and of course, the thing I learned here is like, you know, to make a good steak, you just need to spend money, right? So if you, you know, spend the money on choice, get better steaks, send it on prime, get better steaks. So uh, in this time of COVID, if you're not going out to eat as much like myself and you want to make yourself something very unhealthy uh, and you have a grill, I recommend this reverse searing a steak. So check that out. Yeah. You know what, what I, uh, I've tried that a few times and it is great. And uh, you know what I really crave is that charcoal taste on steak. And uh, it just seems like a lot of work to get all that charcoal going. So I, I wish there was some technology where you could take like one or two charcoal briquettes and just kind of like get them lit and get that essence of, of, of searing on there. Cause boy, that's, Maybe it's just because I was raised eating steaks, uh, you know, cooked on charcoal, but I just, that's, that's the best. Hey, well, maybe great. something you can, I, I am searching for some advice. I, I don't know. I guess I'm not that confident to do this all just by touch or watch. Like I've gone to like using the thermometer, right? So like, mm, yes. and I, I would like someone, there's lots of different thermometers out there. So if someone has an opinion on, and I've been on the wire cutter, like what's the, because there's these Bluetooth one or what is it? Bluetooth, you can like stick a probe in and just like, not have to do anything and just wait. 
But then people say that's not really good. So I use kind of the old fashioned one. So I don't know. Someone has figured out like what is the best meat thermometer. Send it I, 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 like, I like the javelin like, one. That's the one that I use forever until right. it broke. And right, you can't really buy then. it over here in Europe. So, uh, but it was, it was a good one. How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have to recommend? Uh, so my, uh, my youngest and I uh, have been playing co-op video games, um, you know, going through, uh, uh, we, we, you know, obviously we played some Minecraft back in the day and uh, we played some Fortnite and got, got tired of that. Uh, we recently moved on to uh, Halo. Um, you know, maybe you've heard of this. <laughs> wow. But uh, wow. Stepping up. Microsoft put out a, like three, three or four years ago, uh, the Master Chief Collection, where they took like the first six Halo games and put them into a bundle. And for mm-hmm. like 40 bucks, you can get um, six co-op uh, friendly games that, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're at the PG 13, you know, they're not rated M level. So uh, not too much uh, blood, not too much language. And so it's okay to play with your uh, 12 or 13 year old if, if you're into uh, first person shooters. And uh, we tore through, through one of those really fast and enjoyed it. Uh, good uh, bang for your buck. At first, by co-op games, I thought you meant like order five bags of beans and a box of toilet paper type, type, type of thing. But... Yeah, no, 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 Kote, Kote, we kept our clothes on. It's not that kind of co-op. Uh, uh, that's probably for the better. <laughs> well, uh, my recommendation, you know, while we're talking about Apple stuff is I uh, when I do my little videos for over at Tanzu Talk, available at TanzuTalk.com if you click on the videos link, uh, I like to d- doodle on my iPad and use that. And uh, you can hook it up into OBS, the the way to broadcast stuff by cable. But I thought I would try like something new. And so you can actually install this thing called AirServer, which makes your computer an AirPlay receiver and therefore plays it on a window or your entire monitor on your computer, which it's one of those things that sort of like, you have. I have two reactions. I'm like, I don't understand why this isn't just in the operating system. And then number two, why would I ever want to do this? which is probably why it's not in there. Uh, but it's it's handy. If you've ever thought, like, I would like to uh, broadcast AirPlay to my uh, my computer, uh, you can just install AirServer. I don't know how much it costs, but they have a fully functional uh, 30-day trial that you can use. And it, it works pretty well. It's a little, as the gamers say, laggy uh, compared to hardwiring it in. But uh, it works out well. So as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to check out past episodes, join our Slack channel, I don't know, whatever, all sorts of things, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com. Now there's a lot of links and things we didn't talk about, links to those conferences, recommendations, other stuff. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 320, you can find links to all those things. Or it, depending on your what you're listening to, it's just right there in your podcast listener in the show notes. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Oddly enough, let me look at this. It has it only has two special characters, a plus sign and an equal. Like, how is it that out of like so many characters, you just you just not throwing in more stuff? Kote. All right, Kote, your homework. Your homework from this is to like find out what it is. Like next time you're at the uh no, you know, maybe at the doctor's office, be like, "Hey, what's what, this? what I need to do is, 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 is call them up, and I'll be like, you know, uh, spread two angles. Oh, thank you, and I'll say like, I, I have, I spilled some water on this bill, and all I can see is this field called hash code. <laughs> so, can you help me look this up? I can, and they're like, but it actually is labeled hash code. Yeah, labeled, it's labeled hash, hash code. code.
I can't really see it. That's oh. why I it's like, okay, wow. Well, I thought you I had mean, a new monitor. I don't know. Well, I mean, would you get a small one? I, well, I do, but like, I got like now I got like 17 windows going. Anyway, that's a whole other issue. All right. Well, I don't know. Good luck with that. I, you know, hash codes it is, hash codes for everyone. 